About Cricket From Danger and Other Stories By Sir Arthur Conan Doyle This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Algie Pug About Cricket Supper was going on down below, and all good children should have been long ago in the land of dreams. Yet a curious noise came from above. "'What on earth?' asked Daddy. "'Daddy practising cricket,' said the lady, with a curious clairvoyance of motherhood. "'He gets out of bed to bowl. I do wish you would go up and speak seriously to him about it, for it takes quite an hour off his rest.' Daddy departed upon his mission, intending to be gruff. At my word, he can be quite gruff when he likes. When he reached the top of the stairs, however, and heard the noise still continue, he walked softly down the landing and peeped in through the half-opened door. The room was dark, save for a nightlight. In the dim glimmer he saw a little white-clad figure, slight and supple, taking short steps and swinging its arm in the middle of the room. Holloa! said Daddy. The white-clad figure turned and ran forward to him. "'Oh, Daddy, how jolly of you to come up!' Daddy felt that gruffness was not quite so easy as it had seemed. "'Look here, you get into bed,' he said, with the best imitation he could manage. "'Yes, Daddy, but before I go, how is this?' He sprang forward, and the arm swung round again in a swift and graceful gesture. Daddy was a moth-eaten cricketer of sorts, and he took it in with a critical eye. "'Good, laddie. I like a high action. That's the real spuffer's swing.' "'Oh, Daddy, come and talk about cricket.' He was pulled on the side of the bed, and the white figure dived between the sheets. "'Yes, tell us about cricket,' came a cooing voice from the corner. Dimples was sitting up in his cot. "'You naughty boy. I thought one of you was asleep, anyhow. I mustn't stay. I keep you awake.' "'Who was Popoff?' cried Laddie, clutching at his father's sleeve. "'Was he a very good bowler?' "'Spafforth was the best bowler that ever walked onto a cricket field. "'He was a great Australian bowler, and he taught us a great deal.' "'Did he ever kill a dog?' from Dimples. "'No, boy. Why?' "'Because Laddie said there was a bowler so fast that his bow went through a coat and killed a dog.' "'Oh!' That's an old yarn. I heard that when I was a little boy about some bowler whose name, I think, was Jackson. Was it a big dog? No, no, son. It wasn't a dog at all. It was a cat, said Dimples. No, I tell you it never happened. But tell us about Spofforth, cried Laddie. Dimples, with his imaginative mind, usually wandered, while the elder came eagerly back to the point. Was he very fast? He could be very fast. I've heard cricketers who had played against him say this Yorker, that is a ball which is just short of a full pitch, was the fastest ball in England. I have myself seen his long arms swing round, and the wicket go down before ever the batsman had time to ground his bat. Ooh! from both beds. He was a tall, thin man, and they called him the Fiend. That means a devil, you know. And was he the devil? 
no dimples no they call him that because he did such wonderful things with the ball can the devil do wonderful things with the ball daddy felt that he was propagating devil worship and hastened to get to safer ground spoffath taught us how to bowl and blackham taught us how to keep wicket when i was young we always had another fielder called the longstop who stood behind the wicket-keeper i used to be a thick solid boy so they put me as a longstop and the balls used to bounce off me i remember as if i had been a mattress delighted laughter but after blackham came wicket-keepers had to learn that they were there to stop the ball even in good second-class cricket there were no more longstops we soon found plenty of good wicket-keeps like alfred littleton and macgregor but it was blackham who showed us how to see spoffath all india rubber and ginger at one end bowling and blackham with his black beard over the bales waiting for the ball at the other end was worth living for i can tell you silence while the boys pondered over this but laddie feared daddy would go so he quickly got in a question if daddy's memory could only be kept going there was no saying how long they might keep him was there no good bowler till spoffroth came oh plenty my boy but he brought something new with him especially change of pace you could never tell by his action up to the last moment whether you were going to get a ball like a flash of lightning or one that came slow but full of devil and spin but for mere command of the pitch of a ball i should think alfred shore of nottingham was the greatest bowler i can remember it was said he could pitch a ball twice in three times upon a half crown Ooh. and then from dimples who's half crown well anybody's half crown did he get the half crown no no why should he because he put the ball on it the half crown was kept there always for people to aim at explained laddie no no there never was a half crown murmurs of remonstrance from both boys he only meant that he could pitch the ball on anything a half crown or anything else daddy with the energy of one who has a happy idea could he have pitched it on the batsman's toe yes boy i think so well then suppose he always pitched on the batsman's toe daddy laughed perhaps that is why dear old w g always stood with his left toe cocked up in the air on one leg no no dimples with his heel down and his toe up did you know w g daddy oh yes i knew him quite well was he nice yes he was splendid he was always like a great jolly schoolboy who was hiding behind a huge black beard whose beard he meant that he had a great bushy beard he looked like a pirate chief in your picture books but he had as kind a heart as a child i've been told it was the terrible things in this war that really killed him grand old w g was he the best bat in the world daddy of course he was said daddy beginning to enthuse to the delight of the clever little plotter in the bed there never was such a bat never in the world and i don't believe there ever could be again he didn't play on smooth wickets as they do now he played where the wickets were all patchy 
and you had to watch the ball right under the bat. You couldn't look at it before it hit the ground and think, that's all right, I know where that one will be. My word, that was cricket. What you got, you earned. Did you ever see W.G. make a hundred, Daddy? See him? I fielded for him, and melted on a hot August day when he made a hundred and fifty. There's a pound or two of your daddy somewhere on that field yet, but I loved to see it, and I was always sorry when he got out for nothing, even if I were playing against him. Did he ever get out for nothing? Yes, dear. The first time I ever played in his company, he was given out leg before wicket, before he made a run. And all the way to the pavilion— that's where people go when they are out. He was walking forward, but his big black beard was backwards over his shoulder as he told the umpire what he thought. And what did he think? More than I can tell you, Dimples, but I dare say he was right to be annoyed, for as a left-handed bowler, bowling round the wicket, and it is very hard to get leg before to that. However, that's all Greek to you. What's Greek? Well... I mean you can't understand that. No, I am going. No, no, Daddy. Wait a moment. Tell us about Bonner and the big catch. Oh, you know about that? Two little coaxing voices came out of the darkness. Oh, please, please. I don't know what your mother will say. What was it you asked? Bonner. Ah, Bonner. Daddy looked out into the gloom and saw green fields and golden sunlight, and great sportsmen long gone to their rest. Bonner was a wonderful man. He was a giant in size. As big as you, Daddy? Daddy seized his elder boy and shook him playfully. I heard what you said to Miss Cregan the other day. When she asked you what an acre was, you said about the size of Daddy. Both boys gurgled. But Bonner was five inches taller than I. He was a giant, I tell you. Did nobody kill him? No, no, Dimples. Not a storybook giant, but a great strong man. He had a splendid figure, and blue eyes, and a golden beard. And altogether he was the finest man I have ever seen, except perhaps one. Who was that one, Daddy? Well, it was the Emperor Frederick of Germany. A German, cried Dimples, in horror. Yes, a German. Mind you, boys, a man may be a very noble man, and may be a German, though what has become of the noble ones these last three years is more than I can guess. But Frederick was noble and good, as you could see on his face. How he ever came to be the father of such a blasphemous braggart? Daddy sank into reverie. Bonner, Daddy, cried Laddie and Daddy came back from politics with a start. Oh, yes, Bonner. Bonner in white flannels on a green sward, with an English June sun upon him. That was a picture of a man. But you asked me about the catch. It was in a test match at the Oval, England against Australia. Bonner said, before he went in, that he would hit Alfred Shore into the next county, and he set out to do it. Shore, as I have told you, could keep a very good length. So for some time Bonner could not get the ball he wanted. But at last he saw his chance, and he jumped out and hit the ball the most awful kawallop that ever was seen in a cricket field. Oh, 
from both boys, and then, Did it go into the next county, Daddy? from Dimples. Well, I'm telling you, said Daddy, who was always testy when one of his stories was interrupted. Bonneth thought that he had made the ball a half volley. That is the best ball to hit. But Shaw had deceived him, and the ball was really on the short side. So when Bonner hit it, up and up it went, until it looked as if it were going out of sight into the sky. Ooh! At first, everybody thought it was going far outside the ground. But soon they saw that all the giant's strength had been wasted in hitting the ball so high, and that there was a chance that it would fall within the ropes. The batsman had run three runs, and was still in the air. Then it was seen that an English fielder was standing on the very edge of the field, with his back on the ropes, a white figure against the black line of the people. He stood watching the mighty curve of the ball, and twice he raised his hands together above his head as he did so. Then, a third time, he raised his hands above his head, and the ball was in them, and Bonner was out. Why did he raise his hands twice? I don't know. He did so. And who was the fielder, Daddy? The fielder was G. F. Grace, the younger brother of W. G. Only a few months afterwards, he was a dead man. But he had one grand moment in his life, with twenty thousand people, all just mad with excitement. Poor G. F. He died too soon. Did you ever catch a catch like that, Daddy? No, boy. I was never a particularly good fielder. Did you never catch a good catch? Well, I won't say that. You see, the best catches are very often flukes, and I remember one awful fluke of that sort. Do tell us, Daddy. Well, dear, I was fielding at slip. That is very near the wicket, you know. Woodcock was bowling, and he had the name of being the fastest bowler of England at that time. It was just the beginning of the match, and the ball was quite red. Suddenly, I saw something like a red flash, and there was the ball, stuck in my left hand. I had not time to move it. It simply came and stuck. Oh! I saw another catch like that. It was done by Ulliot, a fine Yorkshire player, such a big, upstanding fellow. He was bowling, and the batsman. It was an Australian in a test match hit hard as ever he could. Elliot could not have seen it, but he just took out his hand, and there was the ball. Suppose it had hit his body. Well, it would have hurt him. Would he have cried? From Dimples. No, boy, that is what games are for, to teach you to take a knock and never show it. Supposing that... A step was heard coming along the passage. Good gracious, boys, here is Mumpty. Shut your eyes this moment. It's all right, dear. I spoke to them very severely, and I think they are nearly asleep. What have you been talking about? asked the lady. Quicket, cried Dimples. It's natural enough, said Daddy. Of course, when two boys, three, said the lady, as she tucked up the little beds. End of About Cricket from Danger and Other Stories by Sir Arthur Conan Doyle